Social Club, and we're going to do a little bit of something different this week. I actually talked with Connor Skelly of Beyond the Music and Marty O'Connell, who is the general manager at Radio DePaul, about the issues that have been going on with music festivals, specifically kind of looking at how Lollapalooza still hasn't sold out, which we've seen in the past has sold out within under 10 minutes. And it's been over a month and a half since they actually released their lineup. And only one day, which is the Saturday lineup, is the only day that is somewhat close to selling out. So with this in mind, I interviewed both of these people and asked them what they think is going on with music festivals and if also specifically Chicago has music festival fatigue when it comes to so many things going on all at once. But it also extends beyond that to is the entire population just fed up with the same old music festival routine and the lineups over and over again. So stick stick around and enjoy it. We also are going to have our very first ticket giveaway. Thanks to Out of Context, Get to the Gig. And it's going to be for the Holy Pinto show that's happening at Camp Us in Chicago on Saturday, May 18th. If you want to enter, definitely look out for our social media posts on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and we will be posting on there on how you can enter to win, and we will be picking the winner winner on Thursday and be announcing it next week on the 17th during our podcast episode, but make sure that if you are entering and when you are on social media that your inbox DMs are open so we can get a hold of you if you do win, and you also have to be 18 years or older to attend and win, because, you know, legal rules and everything like that. But let's jump right into it. Housed in Grand Park, Lollapalooza occupies a space for four days. The music is a mix between pop music acts like Ariana Grande to rock outfits like Vampire Weekend. With a range of different genres, the popular music fest is not selling as well as it has in the past. The city holds other music outings like Riot Fest and Pitchfork, but both fests curate niche lineups which cater to smaller, lesser-known acts, while Lollapalooza often picks books well-known talent. In the past, the popular fest sold out within minutes, although the last two years begin to show that there may be a shift in what concertgoers are looking for. Um, I think I'd say it's the depends on the festival itself um you know something it's kind of feels like the smaller ones like pitchfork are kind of getting more niche where it's like they know they have their crowd they're gonna book bands that focus in on that but then they're also getting you know the big the ones that will appeal to everyone like tame impala gets you know the kind of mainstream crowd a bit um and riot fest too you know they cater to the the old punks and people like that but they are also you know Run the Jewels, Weezer, Blink-182, Blink those kind of get the mainstream in as well. So it feels like for the smaller fests, they um, are kind of catering to both the smaller kind of devoted fan bases of the specific kind of subculture that they promote and while still catering a little bit to kind of the general music uh, fan public. That's Marty O'Connell, the general manager at Radio DePaul. He's gone to Lala from 2013 through 2017, and while some of his favorite acts like Outkast and Paul McCartney have played in the past, he has no plans to go to the Megafest, as he calls it, due to the long four-day excursion and pricing. 
the lineup over the past few years especially has kind of become more and more um i can't think of the right word but it's it's not as special you know um you go back like five ten years ago you know you are seeing rage against the machine and kanye west at and radiohead and it's like this is the space to see it um and then over the past really kind of the past five maybe even 10 years or so it feels like that's kind of shifted to where it's not like all these big festivals like Coachella, Bonnaroo, and Wild Foods are booking their own separate unique people. It's They're all going to the same big names. So, like in 2014, Outcast was a huge reunion, a huge get, kind of like the biggest, one of the big C's of that festival season. But you could see them pretty much anywhere in the United States because they were at all these festivals. And, you know, this year, all three... Coachella just happened, and Tame Impala, Childish Gambino, and Ariana Grande were the three headliners, and all three are at Lollapalooza this year, along with other acts who you see at a lot of fests, you know, like Jay Balvin, Chainsmokers, those people are very easy to see uh, if you can't go to Lala. And I think, like you said, the four-day is a lot, you know, I, when they introduced it in 2016 for the 25th anniversary, I thought, you know, that, that seemed to go all right for them, and you know still get a good crowd but i think their decision to continue with the four day keep chasing that to bring more and more people in that just shows that kind of i feel like the festival kind of big bubble was already a bit burst around that time and you know just there's so much there's so many festivals there's so much to go to kind of people are choosing less and less to go and i feel like with the four day it's so much more effort, so much more time necessary, um, you know, take off work, go downtown, all that. And in correlation, the more days you have, the more expensive it gets. And the more slots you have to fill, the more bands you have to get. And that could, it not may not necessarily, but it very possibly could result in a lesser uh, lineup that's not as solidly booked. So you get, you know, people think, do I really want to spend all this money to see just a couple people that I really enjoy throughout this whole time. It becomes, so all these factors like that kind of make up, make it to the point where it's like, is this really worth it or not? I think they try, you know, um, like this year, you know, the strokes are our one day and then Ariana Grande is on a different day, you know, so they, they still kind of try and split it up. But it, and I, I think at, at this point, it's like, because of the way our culture is, like everyone's a fan of everything, kind of. Like um, Friday of Wapuza this year, the headliners are Childish Gambino and Tame Impala, which I think I feel comfortable saying that if you're a fan of one, you're probably the, a fan of the other. Those two are very similar, and it's just they're so commonly linked in the culture that um, it's kind of even if they try to set things apart like on paper you know one is a hip-hop artist one is kind of a psychedelic indie band whatever you want to call them even though they might be different styles the way that they're in the culture is linked together that which means that you know it's is not as simple as like the indie rock guys on Friday the pop singers on Saturday it, it, it's all kind of everything's kind of even though they try to maybe separate it everything's still kind of linked together and blended together in the poppy lineup what's that all about o'connell says that he really doesn't want to be that kind of cliche-ish hipster but it's catering to what the masses want 
of course it's kind of a cliche thing to be like oh I started going and then it wasn't as bad it wasn't as good but like ever since then I feel like it's gotten more and more to kind of like the general pop EDM hip-hop um on a genre which is definitely catered more to the younger kids the younger uh generation and um at this point it feels like that's kind of the main base that they cater to not like the old kind of indie rockers that they did back in like 2005 when they're getting the pixies to headline stuff like that now you know they're getting 21 pilots chain smokers ariana grande artists that are much more popular with a younger crowd i mean personally i would say that it's kind of reached it's reached that point over the past couple years where it's it's kind of too much for what they're offering um and i think a lot of that has to do with the fourth day just the four days is too much if they bring it back i feel like if they bring it back down to three days you know that lowers the price a bit that gives them they don't have to fill so much time with bands they can kind of carefully curate it more um so i feel like if they were to do that that would maybe improve you know more people would be going more people would be happy to go um and you know it probably is i i i think a one day is 160 dollars i can't remember how much a four day is it's probably maybe worth it but and and if, if you're like a 18 year old who wants to go with all your friends it's probably it won't deter you it certainly didn't deter me a few years ago when i it was i was seeing it raise higher and higher and I'm like hmm but um I, th I think the four day change has changed the festival a lot in many ways and that's one of them that it just they can't afford to go lower, which might hurt them. Connell also thinks that the DIY music festival, especially since we have so many here in Chicago, might be something that is a great alternative rather than going to these larger festivals. But I definitely think that they are becoming bigger and bigger. You know, like you said, there's, it's not just kind of local acts from around the corner. You're getting at fests like Dew Division, Wicker Park Fest, um, Logan Square Arts Festival, a lot of the acts that are booked for this these festivals are nationally recognized um, bands with good fan bases so that definitely increases the draw and it might if like wicker park fest if someone like against me is playing that might that would have a better a more a bigger crowd than just like a kind of county fair with you know a random Chicago cover band playing who's you know they're playing all the hits of the 80s some when it's a band that's recognizable like that that definitely makes them more kind of sets them apart you know you see the listing on this Tribune schedule of up-and-coming events and it sticks out like oh this would be something that I would want to seek out and go to instead of and kind of make it more of a big event rather than just like oh there's a street fest in town today why don't we just wander through check it out you know it becomes more of something they seek out in advance like I, I know me personally um I go to the street fest a lot so when you know around this time before summer when they start announcing I kind of keep an eye out like oh who's going to be at this fest who's going to be at this fest um so it's kind of become um almost an alternative to the big fest even though you know you might still go to pitchfork or riot fest maybe malpuza it's just a much more much calmer less um huge way of still going and enjoying live music uh, as part of a festival in the city 
There is a huge issue with the lineup and the pricing overall for Lollapalooza specifically, especially because it is so much more expensive compared to other music festivals. Typically for three days, at least at Chicago's Riot Fest, ranges anywhere from $120 to $200 on a sliding scale tier system that they have. Burnberry out in Cincinnati, Ohio, starts their ticket pricing at $120 up to about $200 as well at a tier level system as well. So why does Lollapalooza have to charge so much? Well, there's also something to consider that I never really thought of before, and it comes with outdoor camping music festivals and the social media marketing landscape. Our friend Connor Skelly, founder of Beyond the Music, actually goes in a little bit more into these ideas. So I'm an attendee, first and foremost. Um, been to Riot Fest a lot of times, uh, I've been to Pitchfork a few times, and am familiar with all the other ones like North Coast and Spring Awakening, which I think is still happening. I know they took a break, um, but I've never been to Lollapalooza. Uh, I've, I've always wanted to go, um, and I've always never wanted to go, so it's, uh, it's, it's an interesting thing. Um, I think a big part of it, a big part of it I think is the cost. Um, it's been... You know, it started three days, now it's four days, and going for that whole weekend is an effort in and of itself. Uh, spending over $350 for access for four days, I think, is hard to justify for a lot of people, including myself. Uh, and even one-day passes are, what, like $100, $125 or something, and, um, and that's tough to justify. But the thing with all flus is they often just have a really good lineup overall. And um, also just the... Crowdedness of it, um, which I've obviously never personally experienced, but just hearing stories and having that story be consistent across all of their previous attendees that it's just so crowded is uh, not the best selling point. Um, it's not because I've been to, um, well, I was working it technically, but I've been to Bonnaroo and uh, Firefly uh, as far as camping festivals go, and I think you're paying for that additional, like, three, four day living experience and Lollapalooza doesn't offer that and I think that's a huge takeaway um, and it's difficult it's just difficult for me to kind of justify that cost when you're not getting those additional experiences and I think that kind of plays a lot into the lack of attention that people are giving Lollapalooza it's like if you want to camp at a music festival it's just hard Like it, there's a lot more to consider and the more people you have kind of the Feel like the more nightmarish it is. I have only, I guess I've been fortunate enough to only camp at a festival with one other person, and like that was hard enough as it was, because um, you're just thinking about like you're in these these large fields and it's typically hot and sunny and there's dust kicking up and you get gross and then you're just kind of thinking about that all the time, and I think that adds to the stress. But out of that comes a stronger experience. You know. Uh, you know, if you're st really stressed out at work or on like a really stressful project or something, like when you're done, you just feel so much better about it. And depending on the outcome of the project, you may have a stronger connection to the job or the client or or whatever it could be. And I think that's very similar with this. You know, you you put the you're putting the work into the festival that you want to attend, and once you see that result, uh, you want to you want to go back. You want to do it again. So it's kind of like it's building character. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like it really is building character, and and for a lot of people, they are 
appreciative of that character that they have built for themselves, and they directly associate that with the festival. So do you think of basically distilling it down to being more humble, do you think that contributes to a better music festival and a more productive festival compared to like Lala where you have a lot of people who are one possibly able to afford like the three hundred dollar night hotels because mm -hmm. the brakes get jacked up, or you know they just come up from the burbs and they have that privilege to be able to come there back there back as well. Do you feel like the being humble versus being more privileged in that sense makes the music festival possibly better? I'm not sure. I mean, I think I think it, it very much depends on how the festival presents themselves. Uh, your different festivals will attract different types of people. Um, I would imagine that if you did a study on the people that buy regular passes, but like regular camping passes or buy the glamping passes or something like that, I would imagine that if you ran a bunch of tests and tried to quantify happiness for those people, the people that have a stronger connection to the festival are the ones that are camping versus the ones that really pay a lot for that experience. Um, now, everyone perceives things differently, and, and that's just speculation, but I do think that putting in the effort for something, and you get a positive result, right? Like, you don't want to put in a whole bunch of effort, and then it's just torrential rain the whole weekend. That's not going to be fun. Or, I mean, depending on who you are, you can make, or who you're with, you can have, make the most fun out of it. But I, I do think that if you're putting effort into something, you're going to, going to want something back. And when that's something you get back is positive and fun, it's it's just it's it's more of like an ROI really like you get a stronger or larger ROI out of that and you're going to want to experience it again and again. Skelly also brings up a really great point of the social media landscape and kind of the Instagram likes that you would get from a, a music festival like Lollapalooza compared to Coachella could be a deciding factor with people when it comes to purchasing a ticket and deciding where to go or if even if you want a road trip. I mean the the lineups are pretty like they're always good, right? They're they're large, they have the biggest names in music and but so do all of the same festivals. Um, and I think people would probably be more inclined to skip out on Lollapalooza and maybe drive to say Summerfest or something like that um, to go see those same artists um, or maybe even just see three or four artists and I think uh, this is both like a good and bad thing about Lollapalooza and Bonnaroo and Coachella um, all these large festivals that appeal to a wide range of audiences one I think that's great that they do that um, it gets a lot of people together and appreciate the music but I think that also works their detriment because you have festivals like Riot Fest like Pitchfork like North Coast that cater to a very specific set of music fans, fairly specific set of music fans, and because people are now able to get s such a hyper-targeted um, amount of content, they are now expecting that through their music festivals, I think, and Lollapalooza just doesn't offer that, right? Like, why am I going to pay $100 when I only want to see, like, I only want to see, like, the punk acts, but I have to, like, sift through these massive crowds of people like going out to hip-hop shows or, or EDM shows or whatever. Like, if I just wanted to go for a specific genre, it'd be harder for me to justify that. What I'm most interested in to this uh, underwhelming start to Lollapalooza sales is, uh, is very generational. Um, we're seeing now that Coachella is still massively successful, 
and a big part of that is because it's it's very Instagrammable, right? Like there are areas of the festival that are perfect for pictures, perfect for just different experiences like that, and it very much caters to an audience that holds such it caters to an audience that has such a high value for social media. And I don't think Lollapalooza does that. Um, there aren't large areas of field where you can just walk around and take pictures and, um, and do those things. Um, there are certain, it, it's really cool to like look up and see the skyscrapers in the middle of this festival, but I don't think that holds as much value for people that typically are like the, the leaders of these festival attendees, like the you know, 15 to 20 year olds. Um, it doesn't really matter if their parents are buying the tickets or not, it's at the end of the day they are expecting things. And it does roll over into the younger millennials a bit, so you know, 22 to 26 or 27, like people like that still do hold value to that aspect of it, you know, documenting their experiences. Um, but I, I don't think that uh, Lollapalooza can deliver that experience to those people. Regardless of what you think of them, music festivals are here to stay. And while I'm somebody who is a very proactive attender of music festivals, I just came back from Shaking Knees down in Atlanta, Georgia. I feel like there is still a lot of oversaturation with a lot of different artists and bands crossing over just because everyone wants to have the same thing. Everyone wants to be competitive with each other. That's just how the music industry is. However, these different points brought up about price, overpopulation, oversaturation, and also uh, different experiences that can come from, you know, music festivals that even involve camping that I personally would never have thought of. It really gives a different viewpoint of where festivals are going. And if all these different op-eds that are coming out that saying Chicago has too many festivals, nationally we have too many festivals or we're putting too much out and all these ones are starting to die off. It really begins to trigger a thought of what is going to be the savior of the music fest? Is it going to be the DIY scene as it's kind of saved a lot of underground music? Or is it just going to be one mega super fest that comes out of nowhere and claims it all? That's only time to tell. Hopefully you guys enjoy this little mini episode breakdown. Let us know what you think about it. This is a little bit more reporter style. So I know a lot of people may not be super into it, but just let us know in the comments. Of course, always comment, like, subscribe, tell your friends, and make sure to enter our sick contest that we're going to be posting later on this weekend on Saturday on our social medias on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Make sure you follow the directions. Make sure you're 18 and over. Make sure your friend that you're going to take with you is 18 and over. And make sure to bump some of the artists that are going to be there because they're really fucking good and you need to be supporting Modern emo and modern pop punk, not just the old school shit. It still sounds great, but this stuff is even better. Okay, cool, thanks. We'll see you guys later. And we will actually be interviewing Nate from Bloodfest next week and announcing the winner of that Holy Pinto contest as well. But as a sign off, this has been Lizzie for the Emo Social Club. We'll see you next time. shit and i also forgot we do have our really awesome emo karaoke benefit next month on june 5th 
at Emporium in Wicker Park going on to benefit the Chicago Abortion Fund. So make sure to come out to that. We're getting some really rad donations in. So far, we've had Quimby's Books give us a gift card that they donated. We also have Auto Context Productions donate a really rad merch package. We also have some great artists that have also donated some great artwork that we're going to be raffling off as well. So make sure you come on through the $5 suggestion donation and raffle tickets are also going to be for sale for you to win these awesome prizes. And you can just scream sing every emo song you've ever really wanted with exceptions. Please don't come in and say you want to sing the 10 minute Constantine song. I will lose my mind. Brian will lose his mind and he will definitely not play it for you and you will definitely not sing 10 minutes on stage for people. More information can be found on our Facebook page and we have an event link that you can RSVP to as well and of course we'll always have it on our page and on our story promoting it. Now for realsies this time, we'll see you next week.